What's up, everyone? It's the love, the jam, the podcast. I'm Chapan. Come to you as always with Rob. How you doing, Rob? I'm doing pretty well. Uh, it's snowing very heavily out here in Michigan. Um, just going to make getting to work tomorrow kind of irritating and unsafe. But uh, outside of that, everything is is going pretty well, I guess. It is snowing in Iowa, uh, a tidbit for our listeners, and this has been a running joke uh, for me and my residency program. I have never shoveled my driveway while I've lived in Iowa. And I came to the point last year where I didn't, because I live, I work at a hospital, so I just walk to the hospital. And when it snows, I just stock up on food. And sometimes there's some grocery stores that are not that far away. And I'm trying really hard to get through this winter while also not shoveling, not because of lack of effort, because really... Planning around this is more difficult than anything and takes more effort than just shoveling my driveway. But now it's just for the principle of the matter. So my there is like 10 inches of snow in front of my garage. And I'm supposed to drive tomorrow, but I think I'm going to walk because it's not that far away. So that's what's going to happen. Anyways, that's a little something about me. Uh, the... the Clippers uh, shoveled the Cavaliers 133 to 92. They just beat... A pretty bad team and blew them up by 40 plus points. <laughs> Didn't even really feel, I mean, it just felt like a scrimmage. The Cavs are really, really bad. Yeah, this is and, a very uh, weird game. It was. This is, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, a scrimmage is a good description for it. I don't even like, I, it's really hard to even describe it. Like, it seemed to go on for forever, strangely. Like, I was watching, I was like, is this game ever going to end? <laughs> right. And it's not like there were that many fouls either. There weren't that many free throws. Like, it objectively wasn't a very slow game, but it just seemed no. to take forever because of just how completely uninteresting and, and non-competitive it was. It was – the Cavs are really bad, and they also just completely gave up, like, a quarter and a half into this one. Yeah, the Cavs are bad. I don't I don't know what kind of coaching is going on with that team because they just seem so discombobulated the whole game. Sexton and Garland are just a really just a really weird mesh. I don't think that that's going to work together. I like Osman a lot. I think he could be a good player on a good team. Uh, Kevin Love seems checked out. The Drummond Love thing, I just it's just such a mess of players um, and a lot of guys that want the ball between their guards between Sexton and Garland and even Porter Jr. Um, I just, yeah, it's just, it's just a mess of a team. I, I really don't know what they're going to do going forward. Cause it's, it's a really bad squad. The Clippers look good. I mean, yeah, Lou yeah. Williams is yeah, in his bag. So was Paul George. They shot eight of 14, eight of 12 each. Marcus Morris senior, um, or Marcus Morris, uh, went five for 12, uh, missed all his threes looked fine. I mean, you could see his shot creation. You could see his mid range game. Uh, you could see kind of his bully ball uh, in the post. Um, and he didn't look terrible on defense. Then again, like I just this just isn't much of a team to really show off any sort of defensive prowess. Uh, Zubat looked good out there while he was out there, especially in the beginning of the game where he really nullified Drummond a lot. Um, Montrez Harold did whatever he wanted. Um, Amir Coffey had a really nice game. This is, I mean, everybody played well, but I just – it's hard for me to take much stock in this game. It's really much hard for me to take much stock in the last couple of games. Yesterday's game for the complete opposite reasons. And today's game for uh, just this is a bad team. I mean, what did you think about this game, Rob? Yeah, I, I agree completely. I mean, I think basically every single player who checked in, I think, played well. Um, Ronnie Magruder hit four shots. <laughs> yeah, um, Rodney Magruder looked really good. This is one of his better games of the season. Um, this was Trez and Lou's best games in a while, respectively. Um, as you said, Amir Coffey really looked very good um, in pretty extended minutes. Um, yeah. You know, again, how much you take away from this? I mean, Jerome Robinson also had a career game against the Hawks when the Clippers destroyed the Hawks. Um, I think in December it was like 150 to 101 or something. Um, this is really up there with this for least competitive game of the year. Um, Paul George looked great. Um, Lou was really good. I thought Zoo was fantastic. Um, and I mean, and again, most of Zoo's minutes did come when the game was, I guess, not even competitive. But I mean, I guess the first quarter, if it was competitive at all, it was there. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think basically everybody played well. The only player who didn't make a shot was Terrence Mann. Um, 
who I don't think even looked at the pass. He took two shots, but um, yeah. every time he shoots, it's like, you know, a minor miracle. Um, yeah. <laughs> just a little bit of an issue. Um, yeah, hit, hit, a, hit a rhythm three yesterday, which was the best part of that Minnesota game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I like uh, I Terrence Mann, but the lack of aggression um, is an issue. Like, I think he can actually shoot it, but he just doesn't look at the basket. Um, but anyway, yeah, I mean, I thought Jermichael Green played well. He didn't really hit that many shots, but his defense and rebounding was good. Shamit looked good. Yeah, it was just – the Clippers look great on both ends. Um, but how much of that was them actually playing well and how much of that was just the Cavs being miserable? Who really knows? It's, you know, it's one of the hard things in a sport that's, you know, it's such a team sport, basketball, much more, I think, than really most other major sports, except for maybe soccer, in that it's very hard to kind of decipher you know, what's one team doing well, what's one team doing poorly. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Cavs are just, are bad. And I, yeah, I don't really get the Drummond thing. Like I understand that they gave up very little for him. Um, and, you know, for John Henson, Brandon Knight in a second round pick, like why not? I'm not really sure he's better than Tristan Thompson. Um, like, I mean, I guess he's younger and, probably has less health issues, but I don't know that that was just kind of a weird move um, because he's going to opt in for next year for like $30 million. And Yeesh. yeah, I just, I don't know. Kevin Love is absolutely just checked out. I don't know Life if they was. couldn't find a trade. Um, if just nothing was there, if they were going to have to attach a first or something, to get rid of him. I don't know, but it is, it's kind of shocking. You know, the first game after the deadline, having watched that, that he's still there. I'm, you know, yeah. I would bet pretty heavily on him getting traded this summer. Um, yeah. Like a lot of money <laughs> um, because he looks like he wants out of there. And yeah, the, the Sexton Garland, I mean, both those guys are very young still. I mean, I think Garland is 19 and Sexton is 20, but that is certainly um, a very weird fit and just two really, really bad defenders right now. Really bad. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, uh. again, like the Clippers played well, but the Cavs are just, they're dreadful. Yeah, this is really bad. But we got our first look at Marcus Morris. Um, looked fine by the eye test. Um, missed some threes, but you know that's okay. Took some nice, nice looks. Um, had an, I think, I had an air ball uh, three, but he looked fine. Um, didn't really play too much. Twenty-one minutes, ten points, uh, four boards, two assists, three steals. I don't really have much to say about him. He's pretty much what we thought he was. Um, do you have any first impressions from this game, Rob, that changes anything of what you've thought about Morris? I mean, I think, like you said at the very beginning, I think we saw <laughs> the good and the bad. You know, yeah. he's certainly, certainly, and I don't think anybody's disputing this, a better offensive player than Mo Harkless. Um, he's a better shooter. He can certainly create his own shot better. And we saw some of that today in the pick and roll and in the post. The question is, are those shots really good shots? And more particularly, are they, are they shots that you want somebody taking when Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and to a lesser extent Lou Williams are on the court? And the answer to me is no. And I'm afraid he's going to take those, even with those guys on the court, and it's going to be really frustrating. Um, so he has the skills, um, and I've never really denied that. I just I still wonder about the fit and how much – he's going to revert to that ISO bully ball game. And if that's going to actually just take away options rather than add anything. Um, but I mean, overall, I thought he played well, his defense, you know, he was a little slow going out to shooter. Sometimes he's not the quickest of foot, but the effort was there. Um, certainly he's, he's a better threat to space the floor than Mo Harkless. So um, yeah, I thought he was fine, but uh, you know, I think we saw some of the good and the bad and they're, they're right there alongside each other. Yeah, um, let's let's dive into this a little bit. So we'll talk about the other games in a second, but there was a trade that happened that you may have heard of, Clipper fans. Marcus <laughs> Morris is now a Los Angeles Clipper, very much like we thought he would be for quite some time. Well, you know, we didn't know for certain, but we know the Clippers have been constantly just linked to him. Um, and now he's a Clipper. The trade, which was kind of – it seemed like it was – 
switched up a couple of times. Initially, Terrence Mann and Kevin Gelly seemed to be like they were in it. Then it went from that to Jerome Robinson uh, and the twenty the twenty twenty first rounder, as well as the twenty twenty one swap, I believe, with the Knicks, which is is uh, pretty much useless uh, because the Knicks are going to be bad uh, for quite some time. Then a twenty twenty one second round draft pick uh, via Detroit. Um, so we lost Jerome Robinson. We also got Isaiah Thomas, who we cut immediately because he's Isaiah Thomas. Um, Jerome Robinson is now a wizard. Uh, it's yes. really that that and the pick that we lost. Jerome Robinson hit a nice nice three pointer at the buzzer of the first quarter today in a game the Wizards uh, promptly lost in the fourth quarter. But that was nice. Uh, Jerome is no longer a Clipper, and uh, I, nice. wish, I wish Jerome I wish I wish him the no best. Longer. Oh my god! <laughs> I, I have a lot. I have. I mean, if you've listened to this podcast, you can tell that me and. Rob are crying rivers for Jerome Robinson, but I truly hope he does well. Nice guy. Um, picked up a lot of asset um, facets of his game, but just was never a good shooter. He um, Not yeah. at all. And it got even worse this year. So losing him, I'm glad we kind of at least got an asset back for him because he was a, he was a dwindling prospect. I really hope he, he rebounds his career, but uh, we'll see. I, I don't see much of a ceiling on him to be a starter in this league. And for a lottery pick, that is kind of a disappointment. So yeah. Jerome is gone. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think what's interesting is somebody asked me on Twitter why Jerome needed to be in the deal. Um, because they thought that the deal actually could have been done without him in terms of salary. And I think that might be correct. I'm certainly not a salary guy. That stuff doesn't really interest me that much. Um, Mm. Honestly, I think the Clippers were probably doing Jerome a solid by sending him to a team where he's going to get minutes and an opportunity, um, which also is good for his agent and for – it's also doing the Wizards a solid. I think it was just kind of – they were doing a lot of people a good thing and it didn't really cost them anything. Um, so when you can do that and kind of build reputation and build relationships around the NBA um, and do right by a player that you want to do well, um, you know, I think that's, that's ultimately why they did it. But yeah, I mean, he was two for seven today, nice three aside and 16 minutes minus 12. And again, the wizards lost. Um, I did not understand that pick when it was made. I still don't understand it now. I've never understood the reasoning behind it. Um, he was not one of the 25 or 30 best prospects in that draft. Um, and even though in some ways he's actually proved me wrong as a prospect, his defense is already better than I thought it would ever be, to be quite honest. Um, just the shooting is just not there. The scoring does not seem to be there. Um and I, I wish him well. He's a hard worker. He's a good guy by basically all accounts. And there's clearly some talent there. I mean, you don't get to be as good as he is without having some talent. And I, I, I hope it does come out. Um, but, yeah, not much of an asset. Um, I do think the Clippers paid, you know, a somewhat steeper price than people think for Morris. Um, that Pistons second rounder is kind of a sneaky good asset. Um, right. Pistons are going to be really bad uh, for the next couple of years. That 2021 first second round pick is a pretty good likelihood um, to be in the top, you know, five in the second round. So, you know, a, a 33rd, 32nd, whatever pick in the draft is actually really valuable because it's essentially first round talent. Um, but you don't have to give them like a locked in first round deal. And, um, wow, I was going to say something else, uh, but now I forgot. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a really good spot to be in. Um, and, oh, and the 2021 draft is stacked. Absolutely stacked. Right, right, um, right. Way more than the 2020. So actually, that 2020 yeah, probably more is a way better asset than the Clippers <laughs> 2020 pick this year. Yeah. Um, so including both of those, Honestly, kind of a lot for basically a rental. Um, it's fair. But, but let's, I mean, moving aside from the actual assets, because, again, I mean, I think, you know, that's, that's something, but I don't think it's 
you know, that much. They didn't give up certainly anything close to a blue chip asset. But I mean, what do you think about the trade? I mean, I know I've been pretty adamant and vocal about not really wanting Morris, but you know, what did you think about it? I mean, I think in our round table, I gave it the lowest grade of all of us um, on two and three hoops. I, I didn't even really talk about the assets much, but I do think the 2020, uh, the 2021 pick and this pick is not something to just scoff at, but it's not massive, you know, at least. And, you know, I, I don't think, you know, it's not full Doc Rivers GM status, but I'm not, I'm not too torn up about the picks. I just don't, I mean, Marcus Morris is just, uh, he's just a ball hungry ball stopper who can play some defense, but it's not as good of a defender. as more heartless and can spread the floor. So in a way, you know, the Clippers did have a bit of an issue that Mo Harkless was just ignored in the corners. Even though he had good percentages, he didn't space the floor. Nobody paid attention to him. And he airballed a lot of threes, <laughs> um, which was discouraging. And, and you know, crew people right not to defend him. And he scored in double figures just a handful of times of which the Clippers run defeated. So the spacing will be much better, for sure, with Marcus Morris. He's clearly a very good offensive player. But, you know, like you said, I mean, I just, I'm worried about the amount of inefficient shots he'll take, the shots he'll take when he shouldn't be taking shots, when he should be passing it to Paul George or Kawhi Leonard. If maybe we stagger his minutes, I think like we did a little bit today and play him with Paul George, you know, and just find a way to include him in the offense without all of our guys in, like George and Kawhi, maybe that'll be nicer. But I'm just worried that he's going to be – inefficient and a semi-chucker and I hope that he proves me wrong and I really don't want to pretend like he will prove me wrong until I see it that with the fact that you know he's had locker room issues in the past which I'm sure I think some Celtic fans have kind of defended him as far as being a locker room guy locker room issue that we saw just you know not terribly long ago when the Clippers came back against the Celtics a year ago uh, in almost to the day, virtually, when uh, Landry Shamet was a newly uh, announced Clipper and Marcus Morris kind of threw his team under the bus as far as their effort and um, very publicly in the media. Not to mention he just said a stupidly misog- mis- uh, misogynistic thing like a week ago, um, which I really disliked. And honestly, I'll be real. I mean, the fact that the Clippers have had a lot of nice dudes – um, who are well-spoken, was a big reason I became such a big Clipper fan. So Marcus Morris is like one of, you know, the the lesser likable players that the Clippers have featured on their team probably in like a decade, honestly. Yeah. Uh, unless you got, you know, unless you feel any way about Chris Paul's on-the-court antics, he no doubt was a spokesman off the court and knew how to talk to the media. Uh, same thing with Blake Griffin for the most part, aside from punching a guy in the face who was, who was with the, yeah. the Clippers. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, Mark, yeah, go ahead. I mean, I, I really do care about that stuff, and I understand why people don't. Me too. And why, even if people do care why they wouldn't factor into something like a grade for a trade. Um, but I mean, those comments on um, that he made a, really just a week or two ago were really, really? not yeah. great. I mean, awful. is Terrible. it like unforgivable? No, like absolutely not. Like, is he going to hell for that? No. Is it something that like, <laughs> you know, I'm going to like protest or write an article about why the Clippers shouldn't sign them. Like I would if they traded for like Derek Rose or something. Um, no, not no, but still pretty distasteful. Um, and the recency of that definitely a sour taste. Um, and if that biased me somewhat in the trade grade and just my overall thoughts, like it's very possible. That's how I feel about it. I don't particularly like Marcus Morris. Um, I, in general, I'm not a fan of, like, these tough guys in the NBA. Like, you're all making, you know, $10, $15 million a year. There's no need to pretend like, you know, you're you're some, you know, street tough or something. Um, like, Marcus Morris, again, grew up, you know, in a, in a much more difficult lifestyle than I will ever have. Um, but he's also quite a far ways away from that. Um you know, a lot of his antics in the NBA are things, again, you could argue Chris Paul does some similar things in terms of, like, swinging elbows and kind of bopping people. 
you know, I don't really like that from Chris Paul either. And it was one of the things I didn't like about him. Um, but again, the misogyny stuff just, yeah, not great. Um, really, really not great. Um, and <laughs> the on-court stuff is a little more complex for me. Um, again, you know, clearly an offensive upgrade over Mo Harkless. I just, I guess I just fundamentally disagree with the idea that they needed what he brings. Like, extra shooting, always valuable. Um, and I think especially we've seen around Kawhi and Paul George, always valuable. I get that. But they keep talking about his shot creation. The only shots he can create, as we kind of saw today, are these mid-range jumpers. And these are hilariously the exact same shots that Avery Bradley, um, who I swore <laughs> never to bring up again, but will now, those are the exact same shots that he took. And maybe Marcus Morris is better at taking them. That doesn't mean there are any better shots. Um, right. Like, that's the kind of shots he creates. He's not a guy who will create easy looks for others. He's not a guy who's going to, you know, take or make off the dribble threes or burn guys off the hoop to the basket or draw a lot of fouls. Like, he takes a lot of mid-range jumpers because that's what he can create. Um, and that can be helpful, you know, for a bench unit and, and just for creating some, you know, semi-good looks offensively. It's not something I really want to rely on too much. Um, and the ball stoppiness is, you know, what I think has kind of been the Clippers' biggest weakness offensively this year has not been their lack of shooting or even their lack of shot creation. It's that they get too stagnant and rely too much on individuals creating their own shots. And I think Marcus Morris exacerbates that weakness. I don't think he makes it better. I don't think he makes up for it. Um, and the same, you know, goes with his passing lack thereof. The Clippers need ball movement. They need player movement. Marcus Morris doesn't really offer either of those. Um, you know, despite his intensity and, like, the tough guy attitude, I think his actual effort level wanes a fair amount, you know, on a game-to-game basis. I think, again, Celtics fans might defend him from a locker room perspective, might, might also argue that just he's, you know, there's a very big difference between good Marcus Morris and bad Marcus Morris, like there's for a lot of players, but – it does vary a lot depending on his effort. Um, so to make a long story short, I don't hate the move. Again, like I don't think they gave up that much for it. Like, was it a little more than I would have wanted to trade? Yes. Um, my main thing is I just don't really think he helps that much. Maybe I'm underrating Marcus Morris or overrating Maurice Harkless, but I just don't think what Morris offers is really what the Clippers need right now. And again, maybe I'm biased because of the, the comments he's made and just because of his general stuff and what he does on the court, very possible. I'm noted not a fan of him or his brother and the way they play. Um, but, you know, maybe he proves me wrong. Yeah, it's a bummer we don't have a Clipper fan who, like, super into this deal because there are fans that are very into this. Uh, not just Clipper fans, fans, but NBA fans. But I don't think neither of us, and we were vocal about this even before we got yeah. Morris, are, are too excited about this deal. You know, I could be proven wrong. He could he could buy in. He could be really good. He could be a lot of what you need. He, you know, I, I, I I'm aware of the stats against LeBron James, and that that's you know great. You know, but we'll see. I, I I'm not sold on this deal. I was a fan of Maurice Harkless. You know, I'm aware that Morris is a, is an, is a, Marcus Morris is an upgrade offensively, but I don't know because I feel like all, all that he'll give us on offense, like you mentioned, I'm concerned about what he'll take away on offense too, and I just don't think this team needs another ball stopper. If he if he buys into his role and shoots corner threes and and creates offense when needed, then you know that's great, and he's and he can lock in on on defense. He's not as mobile as Harkless he uh but he's a good post defender and um you know he's not a great rebounder but neither was Mo so there there's a there's a lot to be said there I just worry I just know that Harkless would do whatever we need him to do defensively and uh would would just kind of put his head down and do it even if he didn't show up in the box score and I don't I just don't know about Morris yet we'll, we'll see 
but I'm a little skeptical. I don't think it's bad. I don't think it's bad. I think you have to take some risks if you're trying to win a championship. And he probably does raise our ceiling more so than Mo Harkless does. But he's just concerning. There are a lot of variables, and yeah, I don't. And it 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 does affect me that I don't like him. Like because I'm a Clipper fan. A big reason I became a Clipper fan was because I liked the team. Like, during the Knuckleheads era, I liked the team. I didn't want to root for Kobe or, or Shaq because I didn't like them. <laughs> you know, clearly, I, it would have been great to root for a team that won multiple championships, but I didn't like those players, not just those two, but that whole team. Like, I didn't like their vibe, and uh, and neither of those guys, you know, were were, uh, were guys I really wanted to root for. So I didn't root for them, and I rooted for the Clippers because I liked the guys. I liked Elton Brand. I liked Sam Cassell. Uh, Blake Griffin, Chris Paul, all these guys that we've had, Kawhi, Paul George, are super easy to root for, and 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 Morris is not. So I, I won't lie that that's paid a little bit of dividends, in my opinion, of the whole deal. The idea of Marcus Morris uh, being signed to a long-term deal and having to root for him for many years. That I, I really don't like. <laughs> That I really yeah. also don't like. <laughs> like I hear people so, talking about like signing him to like an eighteen million a year extension. Uh, like, excuse me, while I like puke somewhere. Um, he's just <laughs> that is just he's just not worth that amount. Oh, um, yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah. I mean, and as to your thing about you know least likable Clippers, I mean, I think our our good friend Avery Bradley. Yeah. <laughs> Once can deserves a mention. Um Spencer right. Hawes honestly probably tops the list. Um, Spencer Hawes. No. But, um yeah, I mean Paul Pierce. <laughs> uh yeah. Poor Paul Pierce. Um so bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so bad. Um yeah. yeah, I mean again I, I think I agree with you about the ceiling being raised and ultimately I think that's you know important in the playoffs and postseason. Um, you know, if Marcus Morris does fit in right, this team will be better than with Mo Harkless. Um, I just think that there's a chance that he doesn't improve them or even makes them slightly worse, and that they also gave up, you know, some decent assets to do that, um, which would be a pretty bad trade. Um, but, yeah, I don't think I really have too much else to say that I haven't written about or, or talked about already. Um, I'll miss Mo Harkless, who um, Clippers fans got very frustrated at, but um, I just really enjoyed watching. I enjoyed watching him on defense. I liked his cutting. Um, you know, he didn't score, and sometimes he passed up good looks. But you know what? I appreciate that he did move the ball and that he didn't take any just half-decent shot that was available, which we will be seeing a lot of with Marcus Morris. Um, you know, I wish him the best. I wish Jerome Robinson the best. And uh, now we get to talk for 30 minutes about Derek Walton Jr. Yes, please. I was waiting for this. <laughs> what would you like to say about Derek Walton Jr.? To Derek Walton Jr., who, by the way, <laughs> follows me on Twitter. If you're listening, yes! If you're listening, Derek Walton, um, great, great Michigan basketball player, legendary Mich- Michigan basketball player. Um, honestly, I was very good for the Clippers this year, considering expectations. Um, legitimately helped the Clippers win a couple games, um, which considering the fact that he got there from the summer league team and then from a training camp Exhibit 10 deal, um, just so far exceeded expectations. I gave him an A-plus <laughs> for the midseason trades, and I don't think yeah, he I was had even... a, He had the highest grade, right, for like almost all of us. I don't know, yeah. maybe it was just us too. Yeah. No, it was Lucas as well, I think, gave him an A. I think I'm the only yeah, one who gave yeah. him an A+. Plus. But I think yeah. he exceeded expectations most of anybody on the team, except for maybe Zubots. Um, but, um, you know, a guy who I think really proved that he's an NBA player, um, I know that the Hawks do have Trey Young and Jeff Teague, um, so they don't really need another point guard. But I do hope um, that that some team does pick him up because I think he deserves it. Um, I will miss his defense and his persistence on that end. Um, that fondly reminded me of another small Clippers point guard, Jawan Evans. Um, yeah, Jawan Evans. Another. another Where's Jawan playing? Yeah, another uh, <laughs> Eeyore favorite. Um, yeah, the Harden stopper. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and I really liked his three-point shot. Uh, every time he shot a three, I thought it was going in. Every single time. Um, basically the anti-Jerome Robinson in that regard. <laughs> oh, no. Poor Jerome. <laughs> <laughs> poor, poor Jerome. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I understand why they did it. I mean, I think we're going to get to a couple of these in Twitter questions. That are, the Clippers are clearly going to pick up. I mean, they have to pick up at least one player in free agency mm-hmm. because I think they only have 12 players on the roster right now. Um, and you need to have at least 13, maybe 14, honestly. Um, but uh, it's possible they convert Amir coffee from a two way to a full, but I don't, I don't think that happens no. even after his performance. Day. So I get it, but it makes me sad because Walton was good. He played well. He really seemed to bond with a lot of the players on the team. It's just like, game interactions and like what happened during the time he's interviewed at halftime and Instagram and all that kind of stuff. He really seemed to be well liked. Um, and yeah, I, I'm sorry he's gone. It was great to have a Michigan basketball player on, on, uh, on the Clippers again. And uh, I'm going to, I'm going to miss D Walt. Um, and I really hope an NBA team picks him up. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm I'm gonna miss Derek Walton Jr. Obviously, I didn't have as much of a connection with him as you did from your past, but he was just a he was just a good point guard. He did his job. He was unexpectedly just very good and gave us some great minutes. And I was just um, I was just very impressed with him. His whole Clipper stint. I was kind of sad that we let him go, but I understood it. And I'm gonna miss him. I think he's a he's a nice player, and I agree with you. He had a really good stroke. Like, I, I thought whenever he shot it, I did think he was going to make it too. He was a bulldog. Like, he defended with aggression. Um, I love that part of him. And it's just tough when you're undersized, man, in this league. Um, otherwise, he would be an NBA player, no doubt. He still is an NBA player, and I think he's proven that he is such. So I'm hoping that he gets minutes. I'll be keeping an eye out for see how, how well he does. Um, I'll miss him. Nice player. Yeah. Okay, I think we can talk about some other game that happened. You know the you know the Timberwolves game, the Kings game. I know the Timberwolves game just happened. The Kings game was the day after, so uh, our last pod, which was just a couple of weeks ago. Um, But very similar games to me, just hot teams. The Timberwolves were just on fire. Even that first possession when Shamit had that steal in the corner, they were just moving the ball so well off the bat that I was just like, uh-oh, this is, uh, this is not great. And they, took, they made a ton of contested threes. Yeah. But, yeah, they were, they were just incredible. Like, they, they, they shot 26 for 44 from three. I mean, I don't even know. That's really all I need to tell you. They also shot, you know, well from the field for 52 for uh, 95 um, for 54.7%. But that amount of threes just, they were on fire. They hit some ridiculous shots. They had some open shots too, but really I, I just kind of chalked this up. Um, I just kind of chalked that up to just a hot team. Jordan McLaughlin, which is a, uh, I think he's a USC player. He, he went uh, yeah. 11 for 15 from the field, was getting to the rim whenever he wanted. Uh, Malik Beasley, who is just a good player, um, 7 for 13 from three. I mean, everybody was on fire. But those two completely chopped us up. Both had double-doubles, um, 24 and 23 from guys that normally would be bench guys, though Beasley should probably start on this team. Um, Towns was good, but not really. Towns was good, but he was it really. I don't know what his what his assist um, career high is, but they were just moving the ball. Ton of assists, ton of good looks. You just gotta tap. You just gotta. You just gotta lift your cap, man. They they uh, they ran us to the floor, and it was never really a game. Yeah. So I just I don't really have much to say about this game aside from we just ran into a freight train, a hot team that really wanted to win because Towns hasn't won a game since like. Thanksgiving or something crazy like that. So, yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Um, in, a, in a way, like, a lot of fans have kind of been freaking out about these losses to bad teams. And while I understand because they're really awful to watch and very frustrating, in a sense, they mean less than getting outplayed by a team that the Clippers actually need to play against, um, where it's legitimately kind of like – an execution issue or a talent issue or a matchup issue. Um, 
these are just effort where they're just not playing hard. Um, you know, I didn't even think they were that bad against the Wolves. It's not as bad as it was against yeah. some teams this year. Um, I right. thought their defense was bad, but I also thought the Wolves were just moving the ball around brilliantly and were just playing great offense. Um, so, uh, you know, I, it was a really bad loss. Like, they lost by 27 to a team that had lost 13 games in a row um, and were missing their new starting point guard. Um, it was bad. But, you know, these games happen, and it's just not something that I think really matters or is worried about or, yeah, will make any impact on this season. Or It's something we're going to forget about in, like, two weeks, and that's it. Um, I really don't have that much else to say. Like, with – a health of mostly healthy Clippers team was it disappointing? Yes, um, but you know sometimes it happens. I think again, kind of just what we saw there was that this team does miss Pat Beverly. Yeah, absolutely. They're six and six without Bev, and uh, it's not a coincidence. They've also lost to some bad teams without Bev, um, some bad blowouts even without Bev, and this is one of them. Um, he. He really brings up the whole team's intensity and you could feel it. They just, they got hit in the mouth and they never really quite recovered. And Beverly is notorious for not letting the Clippers, you know, leave their foot off the pedal. And uh, they kind of did, which, which is fine. I mean, the Wolves, I think the Wolves were just rolling. I don't think Beverly would have won that game necessarily, but there might've been some more fight in the team. And we miss him. We we will miss him. Like whenever he's not playing, he's an important player. He's a good player, and uh, we're going to miss Beverly as long as he's hurt. But hopefully, he can get right because his groin injury has been nagging, as they tend to be. So hopefully, Bev gets gets right. The Heat game was a little bit of the opposite, except the zone kind of invites uh, some of that ball movement and into open threes, and uh, and the third quarter was just a blitz, and the Heat. We are, are a very good team. We're also missing some players um, and are also expecting some players and had a trade that, of their own. Uh, we're missing Tyler Hero so uh, and are expecting to have Andre Iguodala in their lineup pretty soon. And not Danilo Gallinari, but Andre Iguodala. So that was a fun game too. I mean, the Heat are a smart team. They seem to always game plan against us well. And finally, we were able to just cut completely loose against them and hit a ton of threes. Shamit, um, was particularly good. I think this was maybe, you know, one of his best games as a Clipper, if not his best game as a Clipper, 23 and six, uh, six of 13 from three really sparked us. Um, and just everybody got it kind of got loose from three. Kawhi got loose. Paul, after initially starting slow, Paul George played well. Um, really everyone across the board for the most part played well. Mo Harkless gave us a nice swan song uh, with uh, 11 points and seven boards and three of five from three. Uh, Jermichael Green had some threes. Really, just a lot of great looks um, and a nice game, a nice competent win against a nice competent team. Um, not really much else to say about that. What do you feel about that that game? This is when Kawhi Leonard's 30-point game streak, I think, came to an end, but he did a good job getting nine assists and seven boards. Anything you thought about that game, Rob? No, I mean, I thought the Clippers played very well. Um, two of their better wins of the season have come against the Heat, um, yeah. which, you know, for uh, – a very hypothetical finals matchup, <laughs> I guess, bodes kind of well. Um, a lot would need to happen for, for that to take place, of course. So, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not holding my breath there. Um, I thought yeah. Paul George was really good in that one. Um, he had 10 assists. Um, he also had eight the game before. Um, so, I mean, again, I think the shot until today – I think the shot hadn't really been there, but I think overall he's played quite well um, over the past few games since returning um, in terms of his rebounding and, and playmaking on the court. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think the Clippers are really hot. One thing that we've seen consistently this year, and I wrote about in my preview briefly today, it deserves a longer article if I were to ever have the time um, to write something long anymore um, <laughs> is that Landry Shamit is JJ Redick 2.0 um, for good and bad. But good is when the Clippers do get him going, their offense looks great. And when they don't, 
it looks really stagnant and, and not maybe easy to stop because their individual players are so good, but just not very free-flowing and fluid. And it's very much like JJ in those Lob City teams, especially the last couple right. of years, where if teams would shut down JJ, the offense would really just shut down and would not be nearly as effective. And he was kind of the key to the whole thing. And I think that's kind of been the case this year too with Landry. And, and Doc knows it. And yeah, and I, and I, you know, part of it, I think Doc has said numerous times that part of it is on him for not getting Shamit looks, but by their very nature, these guys are, you know, you can shut those types of players down. Um, Blake, it's not like, you know, James Harden or Kawhi Leonard or prime LeBron where they just have the ball and you cannot stop them. Um, and then if you throw out, you know, double teams on them, they'll find the open guy, whatever. Um, you know, you can guard players who don't have the ball in their hands. Um, and relying on that as kind of the key to offense is dangerous. Um, so, but again, we saw in that game what happens when Shamit does get untracked and when he is making threes and is causing havoc off the ball is that it opens everything up for everybody else and the offense looks great. Um, so there's some good and bad there, I think. Yeah, the nice thing about Sham is, you know, he can put the ball on the floor a little bit better than JJ, even now probably can. He has a decent, uh, maybe a little bit more of an eye for playmaking, which he's had some really great passes to like Zubat down low, even like wraparounds and things like that. So, you know, but it, you're right. It's not, it's not terribly difficult to find a defender who can kind of shut that down a bit and it stagnates the offense. Luckily, we have some brilliant um, one-on-one players, more so probably than the Lob City era. Um, but it's concerning. And maybe there's more of a wrinkle to that since Paul George can can move off the ball. Kawhi Leonard has shown some tendency recently to be able to move off the ball some. And I don't think that was happening at all with Lob City. Like It's not like Blake Griffin or DeAndre Jordan or like Matt Barnes <laughs> really were doing anything dynamic honestly aside from Blake you know with those with his uh uh catches in the pocket and his ability to be Draymond-esque in that area um but you know Paul George is more is more dynamic than any swing player we've had Kawhi Leonard has some potential with that though I don't think he's quite like a Paul George running off the ball uh so that is you know a little a little hopefully more dynamic with this offense compared to Lob City. Because I felt like Lob City, everybody had their role, and that was their role. It was like you had your playmaker, you had your post guy, you had your, you had your rim runner, and yeah, you had your defensive guy who, who shot from three, uh, mediocrely, usually, in, in, in Barnes, and, uh, or however else we played at the three. So it was, um, it was really, really uh, clear-cut, the roles. Paul George can move off the ball, and that's, that's kind of a promising thing to me is that George, more so than Leonard, has has uh, a knack for running off a of screen. So we can maybe run bo- both Shamit and George off screens if they're playing together and be a little more dynamic, but it's tough because like, Landry is clearly the guy who likes to do that. Paul George has been looking really good these last few games. That's very comforting. Um, but I agree with you that he's become very very JJ 2.0, and it's, it's kind of crazy to watch. It's a lot of deja vu watching Landry out there but he looks good and he looks comfortable and uh that's a very promising sign after what was kind of an injury filled uh first half of his season so yeah um I think there were more talking points in the Clipper game against the Spurs the Spurs always seem to bring out a lot of ruggedness out of the Clippers and they did the same thing this game around this was a really good Paul George games uh where he picked it up uh in the in the second half um, 19, 12, and 8, which is really nice to see from him. I think the more interesting thing, and there are a lot of nice performances here. Kawhi had a nice game, a uh, decent game for his standards. The Zubat versus Trez thing I thought stood out a lot in this game because LaMarcus Aldridge probably really loved whenever he saw Montrez Harrell in the game versus in the beginning of the second half where the Clippers made their run, outscored the Spurs 13, uh, 19 to 31, and really made their move. And Zubat seemed to really bother LMA at that time. 
I think now that this is going to be what we have going forward, it merits some discussion. Jermichael Green is also kind of an underrated guy in this whole discussion. He also, he had nine and seven in that game. Trez had three rebounds against the Spurs and in 24 minutes, Jermichael had seven in 17. And that really doesn't tell the whole story as well, as far as how rugged, a Jermichael Green is out there versus a Montrez Harrell. So this whole center situation, and we can factor Jermichael Green in this too. Um, now that this is going to be our center rotation going forward, Jermichael Green we can include since he can kind of a small ball guy, kind of a de facto center even when Trez is in there. Um, what are your takes on just our big rotation going forward, Rob? I mean, I think it's pretty good. Um, I actually, like a lot of weak, weekday late night games at home. Like I really didn't watch too much of that Spurs game and I still haven't watched too much of it. Um, I think I saw either the first quarter or maybe the first half, maybe it was the first half. I'm not sure. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think the zoo Trez thing is interesting and you know, neither one of them got moved. So I think this is basically what we're going to see. I do think zoo has kind of played a little bit more in the past week or two. Um, but who knows? I mean, it's happened kind of before for a short stretch before doc has reverted to Trez. Um, you know, I think there has been some talk that more Morris, um, you know, as a bigger body than say Harkless means the Clippers could go small with say, you know, Jamichael green center a little bit more. Um, and that's possible, but ultimately I still think it's going to be pretty similar to what we've been seeing, which is, Lots of Trez, you know, Zoo to start the first and third, and then, you know, only occasional small ball. And I think that's that's what it's going to be. And ultimately, I think it's pretty good. Like, you know, I do worry about playing Trez big minutes against a lot of playoff teams. Um, but we'll get there when we get there. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, now that the trade deadline is over, like, this is what we're going to get. And we're going to see more of the Clippers' strategies to mitigate some of those weaknesses as the season goes along. Yeah. Um, I don't really have too much to say about this game. I saw the second half of this game, and the Clippers had a nice run in the third quarter where they played some defense and got out in transition. And uh, Kawhi really felt the urgency to kind of get the Clippers back into things. And this was a, this was a fun game. Uh, Kawhi, I think Kawhi likes to play the Spurs. He like kind of gets up for, this, for, uh, for that team. It's uh, fun to watch. The uh, the game before that was against the Timberwolves featuring Andrew Wiggins, so we won that game. <laughs> um, uh, going away, you know, it was a, it was a one eighteen. I think it was. Let me pull it up. It was one eighteen uh, to to one hundred six, I believe. Yep, and it was an, it was a fairly easy win. Um, the team was never really threatened too much from this game. This was, I think, the last of uh, Kawhi's thirty plus streak. Um, it was thirty one points. And, you know, Towns, of course, played well. And really, the rest of their team did not. And we won this game by a a fairly comfortable margin. I don't even remember this game too much. Like, it felt, it feels like it was so long ago. I didn't watch watch it. But it was just, it was such a different Timberwolves team. That's for sure. It didn't feel like the same team at all. So I don't really have much to say about that game. And uh, the Kings game, it very much felt like this last Timberwolves game where the Kings were just on fire and we couldn't stop them. Yep, no, I agree with both of those. Um, again, the Kings game was another weekday late night game, so I think that one, that one, I might have only seen the first quarter before I just turned it off. Um, and that was that was also the first game in Staples after Kobe Bryant passed away, which was yeah, also that was a noticeably Bryant. a very weird game for the Clippers. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't know. That one was very very odd. Um, the energy around the team was weird. Um, so that one was whatever. And then, yeah, the Timberwolves game, um, Andrew Wiggins is not good. And one of the reasons why the Wolves looked better, um, when they beat the Clippers is because they don't any, wow, I can't speak. They no longer have Andrew Wiggins on their team, taking like 20 shots a game, doing so inefficiently, not playing any defense and not doing anything besides shooting. Um, Andrew Wiggins, not good. Um, I understand why, People don't really like the trade for the Wolves either. Um, And why, you know, getting that really good first round pick is kind of a win for the Warriors. Uh, But Wiggins is bad. And I don't think being on the Warriors will make him not bad. Um, So, 
yeah, I, I don't have anything else to say about either of those games. <laughs> the Lakers are going to have exploratory conversation with yeah, the Waiters. Yeah, I saw waiters. this. <laughs> <laughs> Please. I'll be. Oh my god! The thing is, Dion Waiters is not very good. But if the Clippers mm. were to lose a playoff game to Dion Waiters, it would be maybe worse than the Rockets collapse. Oh my gosh. No, we don't need another Josh Smith like killing us in the end of a game. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I don't want Dion Waiters to catch fire against us. So it is kind of scary in <laughs> the idea, but oh my gosh, the Lakers are so desperate anyways. So those are those games. I think we can get to Twitter questions. Yeah, we have a few. Um, First off, um, for my dad, Amir Coffee going to earn real minutes after today? Um, depends what you say by real minutes. Um, I mean, today was a Kawhi rest day and um, Beverly. And Beverly was out. Um, so when those guys are healthy, I mean, I don't think he'll play. But I do think, like, he's, it seems like he's taken over that Jerome Robinson spot as kind of that like spot minute guy on load management games or when somebody else is injured. And uh, like I tweeted about today, his performance today is better than all, but like maybe three or four performances we saw from Jerome over the past season and a half. So he, he looked good. He looked good. Lefties always have that inherent advantage. I feel like when you no, don't really see them play, you're just kind of thrown off by how they, how they play. At least I do. And I'm also not a professional NBA player by any means. Um, but it always throws me off when I have to pick up somebody in a pickup game and he just goes left really strong. I'm like, Oh, okay. You're, you're left-handed. Uh, but he, he played really well. Um, I was impressed with him. Uh, I was impressed with him before, too. I think he's a nice, competent player. He could maybe play a very, very small bench role. I don't think he's going to play much at all on a healthy Clipper team. But, yeah, nice guy, nice player. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think he was good. I liked the pickup back in, in summer. Um, I thought he was good enough to get drafted. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think he'll be an NBA player. So, yeah. Um, next question from... Um, Andre Andrew from five to seven. Um, Kawhi Leonard Cohen is the handle. Um, thoughts on Joakim Noah and the rest of the buyout market for center? Do you think an added interior presence is needed for the playoffs? How should we use our two open roster spots? Thanks. Thank you. Um, Thank you. The two open roster spots is interesting. Um, I do think a big man should probably be one of them. And I think a point guard should probably be the other. Not because I think either of them would actually get minutes on a healthy roster, but for a big man, it's just another big body to throw at guys like, you know, Jokic, um, AD, Embiid, Giannis, whatever. Um, And the point guard, just because Beverly is banged up a lot, and just having another point guard on the roster who can get the offense into sets um, for 10 to 15 minutes a game and relieve Lou and PG and whoever else is handling the ball, I think it's valuable. So um, specific guys, it's a pretty thin market, though. Actually, point guards, um, Trey Burke was bought out. He's potentially, I mean, that defense is really bad, um, but he can at least run a basic offense. I think the same would be true of, like, Tim Frazier, um, there are some point guards out there. Center is is pretty sparse. Um, a guy who I saw mention of today who would actually be really interesting for me is Ekpe Udo. Um, once ooh, he gets back ooh. from China when the season ends, I would love to bring Ekpe and his book and club. And the book club. <laughs> yeah, yes, the book club. Back to the Clippers. A great guy. And, uh, yeah, I think that would be, be awesome. Um, another potential option is Evan Turner if he gets bought out by the Wolves. Um, could also kind of fulfill the wing element um, while also being a guy who can run an offense. Again, yeah. not like a great option, but he's a guy who you could give him a few minutes a game in the playoffs and he won't kill you. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, Evan Turner would be nice. I didn't really think about him too much. Is he going to get bought out? Uh, I think he is, yeah. Yeah, he'd be he'd be a nice get. I don't know. What are your thoughts about the idea of Reggie Jackson getting bought out and maybe being 
somebody the Clippers get that's been in the room. I think Stein tweeted that out. Reggie Jackson is another player who I don't particularly like watching play. Um, I don't really have any kind of, of the personal issues that I do with, say, um, you know, Marcus Morris. Like, I don't think Reggie Jackson has done anything dislikable, personally, mm-hmm. um, outside of just being kind of whiny sometimes. <laughs> um, I just really don't like watching him play basketball, but objectively, he'd be a good pickup for, like, the minimum <laughs> off right. the waiver. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, I'd be fine with him, even though I don't, I don't particularly like watching him, and I don't think he's that great. But yeah, it'd be hard to imagine him being okay with like a, like a ten minute spot type of thing. Considering that, yeah, cons- I don't know. Considering I, he left OKC thinking he was like James Harden or something, so I don't know why he wouldn't go to the Lakers. To be quite yeah. honest, yeah, he seems like a Laker candidate if he just get bought out. Um, I would be fine with Joakim Noah, assuming he's healthy. I wanted Noah in you know, August. So if Noah was healthy, I agree with you. I think point guard and centers are still the points of need on the team, specifically if we get banged up, like it's been obvious with Patrick Beverly hurt. So yeah, I would be very much into, you know, getting Noah if he's healthy. Yeah, Udo, Udo is a great name drop. Um, really just any big, any big physical presence would be great. Um, I have to look and see who's available really. And point guards, I just want somebody that who's competent can run an, run an offense when uh, when Beverly is hurt, just like we're happening right now. So I really do think I w- really would like Reggie Jackson, but I just don't think he'll be happy to have that minimal of a role coming to this team. So he seems like a like a prime Laker guy. And now Darren Collison's off the market, so I, I think the Lakers would jump on him pretty quick. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. A couple more questions here um, from Francis Meek at Mick or Kelly. Do you think Clippers fans in LA are more likely to be Sanders voters than Lakers fans? Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, I I have no idea. I'd like to think so. I think so. so. I think so. Uh, I mean, very blue collar, right? Like uh, we're fave against shy or whatever. All the all the stuff that we've been feeling, pushing. <laughs> I think Lakers fans are like Pete supporters or like Amy Klobuchar. Or, like, Biden. like Oh, I could see Biden. I can see just, like, because, like, they always go for, like, the glitz and the glam, even though, obviously, most Lakers fans are just regular, you know, ordinary people. Um, you know, like, the city of L.A. is mostly Lakers fans. Yeah. <laughs> um, I Clipper fans are riding the Metro with Bernie. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I can just imagine Lakers fans being for, like, Biden and, and Pete and and Amy. Um, <laughs> right. Yang. They're Yang Gang. Yay. Yang, Gang. Yang Gang. Who was who was I reading a celebrity that was all about the Yang Gang? I think it was Donald Glover, right? He's yeah, like he yeah. seems like such a celebrity. Yeah. I can imagine a lot <laughs> yeah. of celebrities liking Yang, to be honest. Which I mean, Oh my god. There are worse people to be fans of, I guess. But um yeah. anyway, don't want to get too into politics, but no, that right. was the question. Right. Um right. <laughs> the next question, actually, also a political element. Uh, wow. David, David Nagy, Nagy, sorry, I think it's Nagy, um, at David A. Nagy 3, um, how many of your brain cells died during trade deadline plus Iowa caucus week? And actually, this might be better for you, Shap. Um, <laughs> I live in Iowa. Our, yeah. our, our native Iowan here. Oh, my gosh. I probably shouldn't say anything about this. We should probably just move on as far as Iowa politics. I still, I am employed here. I am going to, I'm going to plead the fifth on this question, but yes, Iowa, Iowa and Iowa politics are so unique. Like when you talk to people in Iowa about politics, you can kind of understand like Iowa, Iowa leanings based on how people think out here. Uh, It's just so different than LA and I lived in New York city for two years too. So it's just like, I feel like you have to live here to really understand why this is the type of swing state it is and why there's so many Trump supporters out here. Like people in LA just like, they don't know what people like in the Midwest think politically and why there's the, why they're persuaded so much by, by the grand uh, general umbrella talk that Donald Trump uses. It's just incredible to like, see this part of politics in America. It's, 
it's really incredible. And you can almost sort of wrap your head around the idea. But obviously, you know, I come from very liberal California, so I, I think very differently. But uh, it's very fascinating. I'm, I'm just, uh, I, I don't need to go into more detail. It's just, I, Iowan politics is very, very fascinating. The caucus, I'm not even going to talk about the caucus. It's ridiculous. Yeah, the caucus is, makes no sense. Um, but I have, I have lost a lot of brain cells. That is something yeah. that's happened. Um, it happens on a daily, it happens on the daily anyways. Yeah. Um, and not to get again too political, but I agree. I mean, I, I'm guessing most of our, we have listeners from around the world actually. So for international listeners and, and people who are not in California, um, don't want to lump you in, but I'm guessing a majority of our listeners are in California. Um, the rest of the country is quite different politically, um, in a lot of ways. Um, like in Michigan, hunting is like a real thing that people care about. Yeah, like, here too. It's crazy. Like you just never, in California, that's just not a thing. People care about hunting out here. Yeah, Which sure. makes no sense to me. Um, shout out to some of my friends who legitimately go hunting. Like, Yeah, shout out to hunters. Yeah, it's like a thing that people care about in this country. I don't um, understand so, it. So yeah, I mean, it's politics in the United States or politics everywhere weird, but... Um, yeah, I think that's that's enough politics. But suffice to say, I think we've both 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 lost a lot of brain cells. Yeah, it's slipping yeah. in right there with a both. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, that could be a good as good a sign as ever to start wrapping things up here. Um, looking briefly ahead, um, some really interesting games coming. Yeah, up. yeah. Um, Tuesday at Philadelphia, Thursday at Boston, Saturday home against the Kings. Um, Philly has. Is that I Kings think, game? Is that Kings game after the break? I, I think that's after the break, right? Oh yeah, it is. It is. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. So last two games before the break at Philadelphia at Boston, um, and then the All Star break. Um, I just get Philly, a split. <laughs> uh, I yeah, I would say they go one and one. They probably take one of those games, but I mean, I could legitimately see this team going in and winning both of those. Yeah. Um, Philly, who I picked to win the championship this year preseason, actually. They don't look like they're going to win the championship, but nope. um, I'm not writing them out just yet. Um, and Embiid remains a nightmarish matchup for this team. Um, the so, Sixers, the Sixers have owned us also since Embiid has been a Sixer. No, yeah, for years. Yeah, I don't think we've beaten the team with Embiid playing. I don't the court, think. Yeah, it, yeah. It very well might be. Um, so no matter how badly they've been playing lately, that's going to be a really tough game in Philly, where I think they're 23-2 and two this year at home. Um, oh, wow. Jeez. Yeah. They're awful away, but they're really good at home. Um, and then Boston has been awesome this year. They just won in OKC by a couple points. Um, and oh, OKC, as yeah. we know, has, yeah, has been really good this year. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think one and one is, is pretty reasonable. I think they might go two and zero. I wouldn't bet against it, but um, I'm one and one. I'd be fine with. Yeah, it seems more likely they'll go two and zero than zero and two, just with how this team kind of gets up for big games. Um, but I'm gonna say one and one. I think they lose in Boston. We we also stole that game from Boston in LA, which I'm sure that that team will be hyped for. So um, I think we go one and one. Um, Ah, it's weird because I think that they'll they'll lose in Boston and 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 win in Philly, which doesn't make any sense to me because MB just crushes us. So I just feel like they'll split it. Maybe they'll win it. Maybe they'll win in Boston. I'm not sure, but uh, I think one and one is a safe bet. And then it'll be All Star Weekend, and uh, we'll have a nice break from games. It's going to be a long time until another game. Hopefully the guys can get some rest. And I think that'll do it for this episode of the Gem, the podcast. We'll probably come back next weekend. Um, oh, I, I did want to shout out uh, some people. So Rob, you can talk for like a second. <laughs> oh, I don't have too much else to say. <laughs> you don't have too um, much else to say. Is next weekend, I guess next weekend would be the all-star game. Um, yeah. Next weekend's the all-star game, I believe. Do you care about, I think we probably have talked about this the last couple of years. Do you care about the all-star stuff at all? I know I don't care at all. Um, I mean, I, I, I watch the highlights and I'm I'm not going to be in town for the Saturday. Um, I'm going to be in Minneapolis. So I'm not really going to be watching around to watch like Saturday night or anything particularly, but you know, I, I keep an I do keep an eye on that stuff. I, I do watch the highlight. I've been watching probably the highlights more than anything. Um, 
So yeah, I, I'm not I'm not a huge super fan for any of that stuff. Right? Do you care about that? I mean, I, I probably will watch the game if if a bunch of my friends just happen to be watching it. Yeah. Um, I care less and less about All Star stuff every single year. Yeah. Um, I'm at the point where I don't even watch any of it. Like I used to kind of be into the dunk and three point. I think last year I barely even watched those. I just, I don't care. I like don't care at all. Um, yeah. If like something really exciting is happening, like honestly, I think the, the rookie sophomore game is usually probably the most exciting event. Um, the pilots are always really fun from that. Yeah. Yeah. Like if jaw is going off or Luca or just, you know, really fun stuff is happening. Like Shay. I might tune in. Yeah. Shay. Yeah, yeah. I'll watch for Shay. Um, yeah. And Shay's in the, Shay's in the skills challenge too. Oh, see, I don't fun. even see yeah. I, that. I don't care. I, that I don't care about at all. Um, yeah. If, if it's a final with Pat Beverly against Shay, I'll get heights. <laughs> yeah. That would be fun. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, I, I really don't care about that at all. So yeah, I mean, I guess we can, um, we can check in after the all-star break next week yeah may, um, maybe we'll after the all-star time. game or so yeah. yeah well plenty of time between that and the the saturday game at uh against the kings but yeah if you have the names um, yeah some shout outs michael hyatt is our one-time shout out thank you thank you to everybody who's contributing um it's a huge deal to us so i want to give a shout out to michael hyatt who also contributed on our, on our one-time shout outs our monthly credits um we'll kind of get through too um all these guys we've kind of shouted out before but we'll shout them out again just uh chester nag um anthony garcia garrett lerner jesse beer a really great supporter of our site uh whether it be clips nation now 213 hoops rob diaz johnny walker andrew uh, opalas uh thank you thank you thank you to all you guys um we really appreciate the support that we get from you guys um, and that's mostly it. That'll do it for this episode of Lob the Giant of the Podcast. Uh, as always, leave us a review on whatever you listen to us to on on uh, iTunes or Spotify or Stitcher or anything. Every review um, helps us out. You know, it's nice to kind of get our, our ratings up and everything like that. So for sure, try and leave us a review on whatever you listen to us to. And as always, go Clippers! I um yeah I will cool. I'll post and edit and whatever uh, tomorrow at, at lunch as always. Perfect, I'll, awesome, I'll sounds good. Yeah.